Nothing went smoothly. Amanda and the director had a stand-up argument, both shouting at each other in front of the entire crew. Amanda, with her usual driver, did not get home until 4.30 the next morning. By this time, she was exhausted. She sat hunched in the back of the Mercedes on the drive home, saying little. Her driver had walked her to her front door, wanting to make sure she was inside before he drove away. As he reversed, his headlights caught her opening her front door. He was struck by her beauty. Tired as she was, she had almost a translucent quality. The same unit driver returned later to collect her for the end of the night shoot. He rang the doorbell and returned to sit in the car. He waited ten minutes. Often she would keep him outside for even longer. After half an hour, he called her landline and got the answer machine. When he called her mobile phone and she didn't pick up, he rang the unit to say he was outside Amanda's Mew's house but could not get any response. Julian Pike flew into a rage. He had a heavy schedule, but at least he would be able to start filming the only scene that did not require Amanda. Her driver was instructed to keep knocking on her door, and the production assistant called Amanda's agent. Concerned, the latter said she would drive herself to the mews as she had a spare key. Two hours later, Amanda's stunt double was dressed in her costume. The director had made the decision to shoot around any close-ups so the filming could continue. He was heard to say that they would probably be better off without the bitch. The bitch was lying naked on her new bed. Her hands were tied and her legs spread out and the blood from multiple stab wounds had stained the sheets in hideous, thick pools. Her shocked agent stood frozen as she saw the awful tableau. It was obvious that Amanda Delaney had been brutally murdered. Her beautiful face was unmarked, her eyes wide open. Detective Inspector Anna Travis had just completed her day in court. The trial had been a long, drawn-out process, but she had held up strongly against a prominent defence team. The murder trial had made headlines. The woman accused of murdering her husband was from a titled family. Lady Melena Halesbury had claimed that she was an abused wife who had shot her husband in self-defence. However, the star witness produced by Anna was the nurse who had been hired to care for the victim. Dillis Summers asserted that the victim's right arm was virtually immobile and his hand suffered from the debilitating shakes. His wife would therefore not, as she claimed, have had to wrestle the weapon from him and, in self-defence, shoot him before he tried to choke her. Anna had instigated the search for the nurse, who had been relieved of duty two months before the incident. The prosecution claimed that the motive for the shooting was because a divorce was imminent. The jury took only three hours to bring in a guilty verdict. The DCI in charge of the case took Anna aside as they packed up the incident room. A big, robust man, DCI Vince Matthews, was ready to retire. Everyone knew it. He was also an old-school cop and bore no resemblance to Anna's former boss, DCS James Langton. Detective Chief Superintendent Langton was moving up the ranks fast, hungry as ever, based now at Scotland Yard. 
Matthews was an old plodder with a big family, and due to his lack of initiative, Anna had done much of the legwork on their case. He sat behind his untidy desk, sipping a coffee. It was a good result today, Travis. A lot of it was down to you. The Met this year have 90 chief inspector posts coming up, and as you're probably aware, each CID department is allowed to put forward a certain number of inspectors. Anna was unsure if she was hearing correctly. You're putting me forward, sir? Correct. He opened a drawer and took out an application form, placing it in front of her. Anna flushed. Thank you very much, sir. I really appreciate this, and I'll do my best. I hope you do, Travis. You've got a big future ahead of you. Anna thanked him again and hurried out, grinning from ear to ear. Back at her flat close to Tower Bridge, Anna went straight into her bedroom. She picked up her late father's photograph from her bedside...